I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. As usual, just sitting here in the big black leather poppet chair in my living room, and I'm looking at a dinner invitation. It's from some old friends, old friends I haven't seen in a long time, very long time, much too long a time. Isn't it funny how such a long time can happen so fast? Doug and his wife Charlene are the kind of friends who like to discuss things that are really important, like what do women really want? And what would it take for men to give up the TV remote? They're friends. They're fun. In case you're wondering, we came to the conclusion that the thing that women really want most is Haagen-Dazs ice cream that has only 25 calories per gallon. <laughs> And Doug and I agreed to give up the TV remote if Charlene and Wonder Wench would give up shopping for shoes. One time when the ladies were involved otherwise, uh, Doug and I kind of agreed that we would be glad to get cramps if the ladies would agree to go bald. But we won't go there. Doug and I got banished from the radio business at about the same time, and we both fly little airplanes, so we have plenty of things to talk about. For example... Last time we got together, Doug managed to convince me that if Bill Gates went flying with us, his wallet should be classified as carry-on luggage. And I tried to get him to demonstrate what chairs would look like if our legs bent the other way. It was very late at night when we tried that one. And we both agreed that if they always have somebody demonstrating stuff in the housewares department of a store, why shouldn't they do the same thing in the lingerie department? And Charlene and Wonder Wench always seem to have plenty of things to talk about, too. Mostly, I think, what are they going to do about Doug and me? The reason I'm bringing up this dinner invitation is that you should know that my lady Wonder Wench often encourages me to be more careful of my table manners. And she does that with the toe of her pointy-toed, high-heeled shoes under the table. When, for example, she catches me taking monster bites... She doesn't seem to understand that I can't help that. I get hungry. I tell her in some cultures it's considered impolite if you don't belch after a meal. I remind her of the words of Big Louie, his own bad self, when he said, "'Tis better to burp and bear the shame than not to burp and bear the pain." And she's not impressed. She also takes exception if I talk with my mouth full. Now, wait a minute. She always says I should be more communicative and then she asks me a question, and I've got half a hamburger in my mouth. What am I supposed to do? I'll tell you what I do. I move my legs out of the way real fast. But the thing that seems to get her most uncomfortable is when I pick my teeth. Now, food gets stuck in there, and it's uncomfortable. I try to pick my teeth as gracefully and as, as sneakily as I can. As a matter of fact, I've taken to grabbing a toothpick on the way into a restaurant and kind of tucking it behind my ear, and I kind of palm it when I use it, you know, but it doesn't work. She always catches me. And when she does, she raises her eyebrow and she gets quiet. And I hate that. 
Raising an eyebrow on purpose is different from when somebody really sexy walks past and your limbic system goes into warp drive and you lose control of your eyebrows. That happens to me all the time. Can't help it. But raising one eyebrow slowly and then getting quiet, that is like the ultimate sarcastic comment. A sarcastic comment so eloquent that it doesn't need words. It is the sarcasm equivalent of a raised center finger. Wonder Wench works in slowly raised eyebrows the way other artists work in oil or marble. I think she should cut me some slack. She always says, your friend Charles has such nice manners. Of course he does. He drinks expensive wine. You chug-a-lug that stuff and you're broke in five minutes. I could be worse. I see guys wearing baseball caps backwards in restaurants. Now, I think that's not only impolite, it looks really stupid. I don't do that. I see guys wolfing down their food with their chins down on the plates, making noises like the intake end of a 747 engine. I'll bet you there are guys out there who probably drink their milk right out of the cow. And don't forget the kind of guy you see in the singles bars. You know, they're always experimenting to see how many beers you can pour in before they start pouring out. The kind of guy who's never made eye contact with a date because breasts don't have eyes. I could be worse. We were having dinner at our favorite diner on Thursday. The place is run by uh, a guy by the name of Alex. Now, Alex is a very cultured guy. He was a lawyer in Egypt before he came here, and he became an American citizen. And like any good restaurant owner, he's always roaming around the place to see to it that things are going okay. And he was visiting with Wonder Wench and me, and I, I noticed a sudden little cringe as he was watching the salad bar. I looked over there, and it was just in time to see this big guy who looked like a, a member of the Two-Fisted Booger Brigade in a, in a stained sweatshirt and torn jeans, you know. He had a bowl of soup in one hand and a salad dish in the other, and he wanted an apple. Now, you can't make this stuff up. He just reached down and grabbed one with his mouth. Now, come on, get the picture, okay? This guy was a real porker, about the size of your average zip code, and he's walking back to his table with an apple stuck in his mouth. I mean, he could have been a little subtle about it anyway. Now, I would have I would have tucked the apple politely into my armpit, for example. No, but no, he got back to his table, and, and back at his table, there was a woman and a boy and a girl. I assume it was his wife and son and daughter, and they were waiting for him. And the woman and the girl both glanced at each other when they saw him, and they kind of rolled their eyes, and the boy just kept eating his chocolate pudding with his fingers. So, hey, I could be worse. But you know what? I could be better, too. My dad was better. He did little things that I sometimes forget. When he walked down the street with Mom, he always walked on the outside, and he said that's because a guy should walk on the outside in case a car comes along, splashes you know, mud up or, or something like that. It's, you know, it was just a little thing, but it made Mom feel a little special, and that's not a little thing. And, you know, I want to make my lady wonder wench feel special, too. Of 
course, Dad always opened the door for Mom, and that includes the car door, even though that meant he had to trot around to the other side of the car. You know, another little big thing. You know what's really hard? When you're going into a restaurant where the outside door opens into this little space, and then there's another door leading into the restaurant. And I can never figure out how to open the first door for Wonder Wench, let her go in first, and then reach around to open the second door, too. Can to remember how Dad dealt with that? My dad was a very courtly man. Good lesson, because all the ladies loved it. He was from another time, of course. He, he started driving in the days when you had to crank the car and advance the spark. And he drove till the year before he died. He was kind of proud of the way he drove. And he always said that when a lady and a gentleman are riding in a car together, good manners required that the gentleman should always drive, and he did. But when he knew that his eyesight wasn't up to driving in heavy traffic anymore. He very quietly sent his license back to New York State. He didn't have to do that. But he figured that's how a gentleman should end his driving days. As I said, I could be worse. You know, it's awful hard trying to live up to Dad's example. Dicks to Tales, a bunch of absolutely unimportant things to stuff in one ear so you can squeeze the important things that are keeping you awake out the other, and you can nod off comfortably to sleep. The Public Works Department of Beatrice, Nebraska, has just discovered that its newly installed high-pressure sewer cleaning system sometimes forces water in some toilets to shoot as high as the bathroom ceiling. Inadvertently, I expect, causing unsuspecting citizens to be among the first humans to achieve vertical flight without the use of rockets. Holly has never grown in Hollywood. The town was named after an estate in Illinois. However, I understand some fake holly made of silicone has been spotted in the Redondo Beach area. Your fingernails grow up to four times faster than your toenails, which is probably why more people bite their fingernails than their toenails. And that's also very fortunate, because you bite your toenails too often, you never be able to stand up straight again. Dicks to Tails. They take your mind off your mind. Some days, four out of the five voices in a guy's head give us very bad advice. Here's a story from the Bedtime Stories personal audio CD about a guy who might get a second chance after he made a very bad mistake with a very pretty lady. You look pretty good. You're wearing a simple black dress, short and clingy. It always makes you feel sweet and sexy. You haven't worn it since the Christmas before your divorce. Tonight you felt the time was finally right for you to become a fully liberated single woman again. You treated yourself to a new hair color for the occasion, blonde. You always wanted to be a blonde. But your husband always made fun of you and you told him that you were thinking about it. It's done up in a soft bundle of curls with a black velvet ribbon to keep it in place. You've been a member of the Club for Divorced Parents for a few months now, but this is the first time that you've gone to one of their dances. You decided that instead of waiting at your table for some man to ask you to dance, that you'd pick a man yourself, take him by the hand, and lead him onto the dance floor. It didn't take you long to find an interesting-looking guy just a few tables away. You took three deep breaths, you put on your friendliest smile, and you looked up 
directly into his eyes and asked him if he wanted to dance. He didn't even hesitate. He just looked down at you and said, no. And just as he spoke, the music stopped and you knew that everyone in the room heard him. You didn't expect that, but you didn't let it stop you either. You turned to the guy right next to him, simply held out your hand without even looking at him. He looked absolutely shocked. He smiled and he actually kissed your fingertips. You stood up and you slow danced with him for the rest of the night. He's a little older than you, not very good looking, short, heavy set, balding, not even a good conversationalist, but very polite, a little old fashioned, very nervous. He had very comfortable arms. He couldn't take his eyes off you. And now he wants to see you again, and you like the idea very much. It's actually exciting. You certainly didn't expect it. And then he apologized for making fun of you for wanting to be a blonde. And told you how sweet and sexy you look in that little black dress. And he said cheating on you was the worst mistake of his life except for one thing. Just that one thing. He said the worst mistake of his life was not stopping the divorce. That's a story called A Second Chance. It's from the personal audio CD called Bedtime Stories. If you like it, you can just keep this podcast. Or if you want a fresh copy, just go back to DickSummer.com and download one from the CD Baby icon. Whatever works for you. A great email came pouring in from proud podcast participant Airplane Captain Eric. Says in part, quote, I didn't download your latest podcast until this afternoon, so I won't hear it until bedtime tonight. (laughs) I get this. He says, I can't wait to lose consciousness with Dick Summer. (laughs) And here's another note from a nice guy by the name of Bucky, who's licking some kind of serious romantic wounds. It says in part, Sometimes I wonder why a woman wouldn't consider a guy like me a real asset. Consider that I've loved, really loved before, and I lost. But I'm willing to roll the dice again for the whole wad. I'd be here for a woman when the rest of the world turns out the lights. And she'd know it, because I've done it before. And whatever someone has done before, they're likely to do again. That's an interesting question. So if you're a card-carrying woman, drop me a note at dick at dicksummer.com. Well, let me know if you'd consider a guy like Bucky an asset if he loved, really loved and lost, but is willing to try again. Or would you just consider him to be a loser? I'll pass your notes along to him. When you trust somebody and you've been lovers for a long time, I guess it's easy to start taking that person and your love for granted. Like the guy in tonight's story. It's a bad mistake. But taking a long time friendship for granted, that's also a mistake. My lady wonder wench and I are really looking forward to seeing our old friends Doug and Charlene again on Saturday night. No, we really didn't mean to let such a long time go by. It's like our lives. Such a long time just happened so fast. 
Okay. Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths. Come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.